0: Let's pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We have been learning some life lessons from uh, Nehemiah who was a Jewish leader who led an effort to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And the account of this undertaking is found in the Old Testament book that bears his name. Uh, It took 52 days for Nehemiah and for all the people to uh, build that wall, which was quite a feat. Uh, There was a lot of opposition. There were many challenges, but with hard work and determination, they finished the job. It was vitally important that Jerusalem have a strong wall for protection lest uh, the city fall prey to yet another invading army. So now that the work was complete, it seemed uh, that Nehemiah was giving some thought to returning to Persia. He was, after all, still the cupbearer to the king of Persia. He occupied a very important position in the royal household, and he was only on leave. So, if he was to return to Persia, then it was natural for him to want to entrust the city and its security to faithful and capable people. And so Nehemiah writes After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. So, when Nehemiah was looking for folks who could lead in his absence, he looked for two qualities in particular, integrity and the fear of God. A fellow by the name of Hananiah, who was the commander of the fortress, seemed to possess these qualities in abundance, integrity and the fear of God, two essential qualities of the builder two qualities that I want to highlight in my message this morning. If God is going to use you and me to rebuild this broken world of His, if He's to entrust to us responsibility to advance His cause, if we are to have a credible witness, then these qualities must characterize our lives. First, integrity. The psalmist prays. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you." Integrity is probably the most important aspect of a person's character. The late Louis Smeads, who was a popular professor at Fuller Seminary, wrote that as far as he was concerned, integrity was everything to a person. It was central. He writes, integrity is not an optional part of ourselves. A good car can lack air conditioning and still be a splendid automobile. But if we lack integrity, we lose our hold on the other components that go into the making of a pretty good person. Losing integrity is more like having our lungs cave in. Everything else goes out with them. The psalmist prays that integrity may protect him. For without it, you end up living a life of deceit, And you lose your reputation, you lose your friends, you lose a healthy respect for yourself, and life will cave in. So what is integrity? What do you think of? What comes to mind when you hear that word? We undoubtedly think of authenticity person of integrity is authentic. That is, they're the real McCoy all the time. This is what Jesus meant when he talked about the pure in heart. They are not tainted by mixed motives or hidden agendas. There's an absence of hypocrisy. They don't wear a mask or put on airs. They're not like some of the Pharisees in the the gospel accounts who spend much of their time play-acting their religion outwardly pious, and yet inwardly self-righteous and selfish, putting a show to impress others. With people of integrity, what you see is what you get. You see right through them, and everything in their life adds up and fits together in a complete whole. They are integrated people. Integrity integrated, right? When they appear to be something, then you find out yourself or from someone else that they actually are that way all the time. So, people of integrity are not only authentic, but they are consistent. What they say with their lips is always followed up by their actions. The promises they make are the promises they keep. Their word is their bond. They consistently live by principles, their principles, no matter what. C.S. Lewis said, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Or as someone else has said, it's what you are in the dark. So we saw last week how Nehemiah proved to be a man of integrity. He not only preached against taking advantage of the poor, but he refused to do so himself. In fact, he went out of his way to care for those in need, and his table was always open for people. Uh, we read that you know, 150 people from all walks of life would come and sit at table with him and eat and be merry. His action was always consistent with his words. The Apostle Paul was a man of integrity and had to defend his integrity against those who disputed his leadership. And so, he could say, he writes to the Corinthians, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's Word to suit ourselves, but rather we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God." So that Paul's life was an open book. He was authentic and consistent in his teaching and in his life. Of course, the only person who was perfectly consistent was Jesus himself in whom there was no uh, hypocrisy. So people of integrity naturally stand out. They gain our respect. We admire them. So, when we, see that, when we say that a man or a woman is a person of integrity, authenticity and consistency of character surely come to mind. Speaking of consistency or uh, the lack thereof, I read a story about a fellow in Southern California who uh, went to a, a fried chicken franchise with a, a young woman and uh, he parked his car and went into the, into the store, uh, ordered fried chicken, and uh, while his, his, uh, his partner you know, stayed back in the car and inadvertently the manager had handed the guy uh, the box in which he had placed the financial proceeds for the day. Uh, instead of the box of chicken, uh, he, he, see, he was going to uh, make a deposit, but he wanted to camouflage all the money, so he put it in a fried chicken box. So he gave the guy the wrong box. So not knowing anything, you know, as far as uh, the, the guy was concerned, he, he thought he had a box of chicken, and he went back, went back to the car, and the, and the two of them drove away, and when they got to the park, uh, you know, he opened the box and discovered that the box was full of money. Well, that is a highly vulnerable moment for a person, right? Because you know what you'd like to do, but you know what you really should do. <laughs> and, uh, and so, he realized that there must have been a mistake, and so he went back. Uh, he got back in his car, you know, they were out in the park, uh, returned to the place, and gave the money back to the manager. Well, you can imagine the manager was a lady. He thought that was just the greatest thing. In Fact: He was so pleased he told the young man to stick around. I'm going to call the newspaper, and you know we're going to take your picture because you got to be the most honest guy in town. Oh, don't do that," said the fellow. "Well, why not?" asked the manager. "Well, you see, uh, I'm married, and the woman I'm with is not my wife." So, <laughs> lack of consistency. Happens all the time, doesn't it? You know, we can be careful to give money back when we got back too much change from the cashier, and then, but then maybe we think nothing of fudging a little bit on our income tax. Lack of consistency. So, integrity co- encompasses a number of characteristics, uh, authenticity, consistency, lack of hypocrisy, but integrity also involves discernment. An ability to tell right from wrong. If integrity involved only authenticity and consistency, then I suppose you could say that Hitler was a man of integrity. Because he consistently lived according to a set of principles, he was consistently evil. Tragically, he did what he said he would do. People of integrity make a serious effort to to discern right from wrong, Good from evil, truth from falsehood, and they struggle to bring their lives into alignment with that. They seek to be guided by sound moral principles and standards, the standards of right and wrong, built into the fabric of the universe and as set forth by God in Holy Scripture. They seek to be upright. One of the most important things about living a life of integrity is to be willing to say I am governed in my conduct by something other than my own immediate desires. So you can see why Nehemiah would only want to appoint people of integrity to lead in his absence. He knew he could count count on them. They would be faithful. They would try to do the right thing and not simply pursue their own selfish advantage. They would remain true to their God and they would remain true to their convictions, stand up strongly for them when challenged, which, of course, is what Nehemiah did. So that if you and I are to be kingdom builders, if we are to advance the cause of God in the world, the folks around us must see authenticity and consistency and good discernment because nothing damages Christian witness more than a lack of integrity on the part of Jesus' followers. Because if we mess up here, unbelievers will simply dismiss the gospel out of hand, all on account of us. You and I are all walking advertisements for Christianity, for Christ, for Jesus Christ. His reputation is on the line. We are—I guess you could say—we ought to be living gospels, uh, and that is to—that is something that for which we aspire. We faithful—I mean, we fail, but try—we must. So each of us would do well to take inventory of our lives. When others—I I always think of this question—when others will speak of us at our funeral? Will it be said of us that we were a person of integrity? I think that's probably one of the best things you can say about a person. That man man, that woman was a woman of integrity. Well Nehemiah chose to entrust the welfare of Jerusalem to Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, because he was a man of integrity. But there was another quality Nehemiah appreciated in him. He says of Hananiah that he feared God more than most people do. Proverbs 1-7 reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it's talking about a deep sense of reverence and awe. It has to do with a healthy respect of who God is. It also involves a recognition of who we are and how far far short we fall from the glory of God. It's a holy fear that comes from being in the presence of greatness. Of awesomeness. It's the kind of fear that Moses experienced at the burning bush. He knew that he was treading on holy ground. He had to take off his shoes. He responded to God, first of all, with fear and trembling. And it is indeed a fearsome thing for you and for me to come into the presence of the Holy One. One who is so powerful and so pure and so great You know, if Jesus were to physically appear and walk into this room, I have a feeling we would all fall on our faces with fear and trembling. Um, Many of you have read or are familiar with C.S. Lewis's popular series, The Chronicles of Narnia. And Lewis describes the first time that the children hear about Aslan, who is a lion, who is the Christ figure in the story. And so, we read in in his book, is is he a man, asked Lucy. Aslan, a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he... Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good; he's the king. I tell you. Fear of the Lord. I mean it's to come before the Lord with knees knocking, right? Because you're dealing with the Lord of the universe. You're dealing with the Holy One, and we don't take that presence lightly. It's a fearsome thing to be in the presence of one of someone so holy and magnificent as God Himself. So, the fear of God, uh, as Scripture uses it, is the deepest kind of reverence and awe. It uh, is the profoundest respect of, or the profoundest kind of respect and love. and has to do with our humble submission and obedience. To fear God is to take God at His Word, to take God's Word seriously, believing that we are ultimately responsible and accountable to Him. It's to listen and to act upon His wisdom and instruction for life. For He alone is to be the center of our lives. He alone is the only one we have to please. A healthy fear of God is a good thing. Nehemiah truly feared God. He put God first in his life sought to please him in all things. Nehemiah knew that he was accountable to God for his actions. And when it came time for him to leave his post, he was careful to appoint another with the same desires. Integrity and the fear of God, two essential qualities for all who would be kingdom builders. May the Lord continue to build these two qualities in us that you and I may offer a credible witness and so give God the glory due His name. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we hear Your Word and as we think about the story of Nehemiah and Hananiah uh, and when we think about these two qualities, we realize right away that we fall short, that uh, we're, if we are honest with ourselves, we're not always people of integrity. Sometimes our words and our actions don't line up, and there's a bit of the hypocrite in each of us. And we also, Lord, we don't always take your words seriously. We, we fail to listen, and we fail to obey. So, in these qualities, Lord, yes, we fall short. We ask for your forgiveness, and we pray, Lord, that more and more your Holy Spirit would indwell our hearts and our lives, uh, that we might become more like Nehemiah or Hananiah, but more importantly, we would become more like Jesus. Lord, we want to be like you. So, take us and use us, and in all things, Lord, help us to be a credible witness for you, realizing that people are always watching, and that we are who we really are in the dark when, when no one is watching. Lord, we are your people. Help us to live always uh, to uphold your reputation in the world. We pray all these things in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.